Hello, and welcome to the Equiline Podcast. I'm Dr. Wendy Corrin. And I'm Dr. Dave Lundquist. And today we want to talk about learning from the animals that you either treat or own or have the opportunity to be hands-on with as a trainer, as a rider, because oftentimes their reaction to us can be the key to knowing if there's something wrong, if you need to call in a professional, or if it's something that you can handle because you've now become aware of it. Because yeah. you get a lot just from observation, not just from the riders or the trainers, but also a lot comes from the grooms too because a lot of times when, we're, when I'm working with a horse, the groom spends more time with that horse than anyone else. Well, I'm glad you mentioned grooming. Because for those people who are actually good at grooming their own dog, their own horse, how they react tells you where are they uncomfortable? Where do they crave the grooming versus where do they have an adverse reaction to that grooming? Both of those reactions are very important in assessing the comfort and the performance level of that animal that day. And, and also behavioral changes, too, are show, will show up. And a lot of times the grooms will have a better idea of, of those behavioral changes because they're with that animal every day. They groom that horse every day. And they can a lot of times they'll find out, oh, I did this. I've been doing this for weeks, and I've never had a problem. Now all of a sudden I can't touch the side of this horse. The horse is kicking out when I touch its side. So... When someone is grooming, and we can start with horses on, although every animal responds to a tactile sensation. When there's gentle brushing and you see a worming-like motion under the skin, a paniculous response, a twitch, whatever word you use to describe that, that can be an indication that that area is painful or ticklish. And ticklish is an improper neurological response. Yeah, it's a hyper response. It's a hyperactive response. And so we've got to keep, an, you know, we watch out for those things. And it's one of the good things when Wendy and I treat together, we get to be able to watch. One of us stands back and watches the big picture while the other one is a little more focused watching exactly what we're doing and it gives us more feedback more input and more observation and that's what's important in this case when you're actually grooming and if you notice that when you're currying you get one reaction and when you're brushing you get another reaction that's because you're actually stimulating different receptors in the hair follicles based on the type of technique you're using so if you are using a very soft brush, again, in the equine world, that's more common, although in the show dog world, it's equally common, and you're doing a very, very light touch and the animal moves towards you, that can give you an indication that there was pain at that spot. And by feathering, by dusting off, you're actually stimulating interoceptors and making the body feel better. It's something to notice. And as Dave said before, you want to notice if that's different than the day before. And 
The horses tell you faster than anything else. Sometimes they even turn around and point to it. We've got horses that will reach around and put their nose on it. We've had horses actually move our hand from one spot to another. Oh, absolutely. And, and dogs will back up into our hands and wait there until they go, oh, I'm sorry, what are you, stupid? I'm standing here for a reason and ask for an intervention. But getting back to how you, while grooming, can learn and use that to inform your next procedure or your professional communication, you want to go, how does the different techniques I use while grooming create different reactions? Uh, like using uh, a water scraper, you know, when they scrape the water off the horse. And that's a little bit different to use a little higher pressure. And sometimes they're going to notice that, especially when they get up along the spine, sometimes that horse starts dropping out when they run that thing across the top of the spine. Yeah, and that, that can tell you that there is a spasm, a true hypersensitivity, a contractile sensitivity that you need to address in order for that horse to then take the saddle comfortably and create the best ride. If they're combating pain, restriction, or inflammation, they are not going to be able to perform at the maximum of their capability. So we're going to listen to what they say when we're grooming. We're going to listen to, conversely, if you're, if you're using a shedding blade and, um, or just using it as a squeegee to get the water off and they move into it, that's stimulating Ruffini fibers, which absolutely create a relaxation effect. So if they're craving relaxation, you know that's a response to muscle tension. Same thing when I'm, you know, grooming my German Shepherd. There'll be times where I go over a spot that I know was scarred due to surgery. There are days you can go over it, no problem, the skin glides. There are days where it's so painful she'll run from me and I have to change my technique to acknowledge what's going on in the moment. And that's why having a routine is important. Having flexibility in your routine is more important. Yeah, and recognizing those points too. I mean, just because you brushed over and, oh, they twitched a little bit doesn't mean, oh, I should just leave that area alone. That means that area needs attention. So what can we do differently? Okay, what we... We did a fast stroke over top of it, and it really seemed to bother it. So what can we do differently to allow that horse to accept that grooming? So a lot of times you're going to do a slow stroke over the top, see if you have the same response. Oh, absolutely. It's a, a, in, in the horse world, a stallion taught me this. He did not like light touch, and he let me know that in quite serious ways uh, offered to kick me, offered to headbutt me, offered to knock me off the bales I was standing on. He was quite diverse in his ability to communicate with me that that was not a comfortable or acceptable procedure. So instead, I changed my hand position to a cupping-like hand position and did something that sounded like this with the cupped hand. So you're not smacking it whether they're a horse or a dog. I have not tried this with a cat. 
and it brings blood flow to the area right away, which when you increase blood flow, you then often allow a better muscle relaxation response because they're able to get nutrition, they're able to get information to an area that may have been so tight that it was literally blocking communication with the brain. And you're stimulating blood flow, you're stimulating lymphatic drainage, so there's fluid movement in every direction. And, and that's what's important about using every direction as well, not just going front to back, back to front, but using all different directions because you may find it, it reacts in one direction and not in the other in the same area. So that also gives you clues on what you should be looking for and how you should be working it. I would say that as the professional, if I get this input from a client, it helps me know what I'm going to do, how I'm going to do it, and what may be going on below the surface in that animal. And for those people who are thorough with their grooming, you can know that, you know, I'm, I'm brushing off the hamstring, and on one side, it lifts its leg, on the other side, it doesn't. And as Dave said, understanding that you may get the dirt off better if you only go in the direction of the hair, but you're going to get more data and you're actually going to get deeper in and, and get a, a better removal of whatever you're brushing off if you go in all different directions. And that means head to tail, tail to head, belly to back, back to belly, and then even on the diagonal because different fascia lines run in every which way and so you're going to learn and be able to communicate that. And for those of you who have other people who take your dog to the groomer or have professional grooms who do this every day, actually asking them for feedback can help you understand why you're getting a different behavior, a different level of performance that day than a different day. Yeah. And also watch when you're doing that and you're making those strokes up, down, back and forward. Also watch the whole body because a lot of times it's not exactly, it's not just where you're working that you notice the difference. Sometimes you'll notice it, you know, you're working on the low back and all of a sudden you see it's all the way to the shoulder. Okay. There's fascial lines that run that full distance. So a lot of times when you're working, you think you're working on this area, you'll notice it twitching in a whole completely different other area. That fascial line is affected somewhere else along that path. And you, there, I can't tell you how many times, you know, people will pet a dog behind the, the uh, ears, you know, and the dogs want you to pet them right there and scratch and scratch and scratching is fascial work. So it's everything can be done intentionally with good results, even your normal behaviors. And you can have an animal that's had a roached back or a caved in back, cold back, not being one of my favorite terms. And by scratching behind the ears at that pole, at that atlas occipital junction, if you're looking globally, you can see the back rise up and flatten out because it's no longer being compromised by tension up at that top area. It's really cool. Yeah. And also uh, picking up legs, picking up feet. You know, grooms do this every day. They pick the feet up and, and clean out the feet. Notice sometimes that sometimes the horse has to change its position 
in order to feel more balanced. Or the dog, you're trying to pick up its front leg and all of a sudden it can't, it can't sit back, it can't lean back or it can't move over to the right side or over to the opposite side you're lifting. So these are all powers of observation that can give you good clues on what's going on with that animal. Oh, absolutely. If, if any of them see the brush and then a dog run away or a horse put their ears back, you know that that is communicating that they're aware of what's about to happen and they're giving you fair warning that something isn't right. And if we can use that as part of our analysis, you're going to have a much better outcome in the short run and in the long run. So observation is key. We want observation with actual intentional intervention with that same brush, with that same brush that you're ordinarily using, you can change the angle of the brush. If you have a dog that cringes when you first go to brush it off and you change the angle of your wrist and brush it off in a slightly different angle, you are actually stimulating different levels of receptacles and communicating differently in the brain and that may be something they can tolerate and then you do what we call graded exposure. You brush lightly if they like it better and gradually add your uh, intensity to it. If they hate the light brush and it makes them um, more uncomfortable, jumpier, then you do a deeper first, actually communicating at a different level with the brain, and then you may be able to lighten up by increasing their ability to respond to your input and the speed at which you do it too so you could be doing a real fast brush over the top or a very slow brush over the top because those are different neurological receptors talk talking to different parts of the brain as well absolutely and so we invite you to send us some videos of you brushing your creatures and notice what they show you and begin to understand the language of grooming, the language of observation and how you, if you're home, if you're at the barn, if you're at a show and you need to make a change right away and don't necessarily have time to call someone out there, you can help your animal move better with your curry comb, and your brush, and some common sense. Yeah, it's just simple, simple acknowledgement, being able to read your horse, read your animal, whether it's a horse or a dog. You have to be able to read them and know what irritates them. You know what makes them feel better. And it's going to be a day-by-day thing because what you get one day may not be what you get the next day because especially dogs are out there and they're running into each other and they're chasing squirrels and running into yeah. fences head first because yeah. oops I didn't see it or crashing into a jump because they happen to or playing in the field or yesterday our horses thought it would be really cool to rear up and strike at each other because you know they'd only been together for hours everything can happen everything can happen to us and everything can happen to them and there's a reason why the first chapter uh, in, in the equine book is called The Art of Touch. And the art of touch is truly that. 
it is something that can be learned, it's something that can be improved, it's something that can be communicated. And we invite you to play with this and notice how quickly you can change your technique for a better outcome. Yeah. And it builds a better relationship with the animal that you have, which is the, probably one of the biggest keys you can take away from this. If you want to build better relationships with those animals, observe, pay attention, and do whatever you can to help. And for that, I would say learning to groom respectfully will get you much better results. And I'm sure all of you out there have experienced your animal's reaction to aggressive, non-appropriate grooming. So understand that these tools are already in your hands. Use them wisely. And this is Dr. Dave Lundquist. This is Dr. Wendy Corin, and this has been an Equiline Podcast.